home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on The Zone. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. worthwhile contender and they all say the same thing five weeks just isn't enough time to get into shape oh shape nothing man they're free hell they know everybody in the world's gonna see this fight and none of them got a prayer whipping me so they're making excuses so they don't have to be the chump to get whipped in front of the whole civilized world all i can say is i'm a good promoter but i don't know what the hell else to do i do without a ranked contender what this fight is going to need is a novelty this is the land of opportunity right So Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. A snow white underdog and I'm gonna put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. Apollo, I like it. It's very American. Oh man. Apollo Creed. One of the great iterations of the acting genius of Carl Weathers. Who passed away today, the age of 76. I try to think of all the things that he's done. Easy to say, Apollo Creed. Probably the most iconic, right? Is that wrong to say, Apollo Creed? That's his number one, most well-known role, iconic role. That's how he jumped off, In Rocky's one of the great movie franchises ever. But But don't forget, Apollo Creed, Chubbs, one of the great... uh, Amputees that we've known in a in a, in a movie in peace, role. Chubbs. And the, yeah, I was gonna say, look, when the when the Gator and Chubbs and his grandma, oh no, Gator and Chubbs are waving from heaven on uh, Happy Gilmore and Abraham Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln. That's classic. <laughs> it's classic. When he gets his hand run over, my kids about lost it because Happy Gilmore <laughs> was one of the. It was one of the ones I was like, okay. I think I can do that this year. Yeah. I think I can get away with it's it. It's time, boys. Gather so around. So I did. It was the kind of thing where I was like, "You're good, Dad." I gotta wait till I gotta wait till my wife's out of town because it's not that she wouldn't let him, but if Happy Gilmore's up on the screen, I would get a look, and I sometimes I don't even want to deal with the look. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? the look's never worth it. So we watched it, and then it was what it was, and the boys, uh, they know who Chubbs is. That's all that matters. They know, and now now without. Uh, you know, it's crazy. If you were to say Bob Barker's going to last longer than Carl Weathers, you would have been. Because Bob Barker's what, 99? Um, Alex. He's No, he's still with us. No, he's not. Bob Barker? He passed away in 2023. Why does everyone have to be taken from me Bob Barker. today? Downs. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So why would you play that? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you do it one more time? No! Please. <laughs> uh, is that what they played when they lower him into the ground? <laughs> one more time. No, no! <laughs> Come on down! The old pearly gates. So, Alex, the price was wrong. 
<laughs> Bob Barker's I no longer apologize. with us. Well, that was awkward. And there have been so many years that I was like, is Bob Barker still with us? And I was proven wrong that he was. Oh, I'm so like, I, I need to get you dead. like a, a text alert or something I when celebrities so pass no, away. No, I get them. They have them. And Oof. I just, I've lost, I just keep missing on them. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, joining us on the program, he is still with us. Hopefully he's still on the line uh, with us as well after that uh, disaster of me killing people off. and uh, We're going to get hate mail. Or I guess reviving them when they were still dead. Maybe I gave some of Bar- Bob Barker's uh, family a little bit of hope that he was still with us. No, he's passed. 99 years old now, Apollo Creed today. Matt Biamonte, Cougar Sports Saturday. Uh, one of our BYU insiders for KSLSports.com as well. You can hear he and Mitch Harper also every uh, Monday on Cougar Nation on KSL News Radio. Matt, what's going on, man? How are you? TMZ, dude. Just you don't even DMZ. have to read the articles. Just hey. see the headline. Hey, that's what I want. Is my kids? If you're gonna find out the best news possible, go to TMZ. <laughs> That's where I get my it's breaking celebrity culture. It is you good for celebrity. Yes, celebrity death news, and then TMZ takes it another level. They go find out what was on his bedstand. You're like, geez, <laughs> settle down. The uh, horrific last moments <laughs> of Bob Barker's <laughs> life. He's a hundred years old. Of course, of course, he's going to be passing away. All right, Matt, we've got lots to talk about, and not the least of which is now Mark Pope brought up something about. I mean, he's one of these guys that's huge on the let's get players paid with that revenue sharing. I mean, my goodness, we put them across all of the different brands. They're on everything. They're on all the TVs. They're on it. Let's get these guys paid. Are you with Mark Pope when it comes to moving college athletics along to the point of getting players paid with revenue sharing? I am, and I, I hate to admit that because when NIL first became a thing, I loved the original idea and intent of NIL, which I think was really meant to be for the athlete who has a big social media following or the athlete who can go out and generate some sort of deal with a business to where it truly is based on their name, image, and likeness. And just like Mark Pope said yesterday, and I thought he was spot on, it's it's been a catastrophe because it it's it has completely steered away from what it was originally intended to be. And it's too late to get it back to what it was, I think, meant to be. And so I think going forward, the revenue sharing thing is the right way to go for two reasons. Number one, I think it would bring some some guardrails and just some some normalcy to to NIL because it's so crazy. It's it's really bizarre, and, and it's gotten to the point too where some athletes are signing deals. You know, Rashada, who's down in Arizona State, his saga with Florida, we'll never forget that. Promised borderline ten million, eleven million dollars, and that gets taken away and. That's not right, I think, to be selling these kids on these lucrative deals that aren't ever going to get paid. And then secondly, college athletics, the the financials around it, the business model, it is, it's crazy how much money's being poured in. It's crazy how much money's being paid to coaches. It's become too big of a business now to where it's the players that are generating the eyeballs and for them not to get anything when we're paying coaches $10 million a year, when we're paying conferences billion dollar deals to broadcast the product, I think it is time to get the players involved. And it, it is what it is. I, I, there's a lot of the old 
traditions of college sports that I love, but they're gone and we have to embrace what's, what's, what's ahead. And I think what's best for college sports and what's best for the coaches and the players is that they just get a piece of this because it's a billion dollar industry. And for them to be completely left out, doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, on the court, Matt, BYU continues uh, their trek to an NCAA tournament bid three and four in conference. But when you're in the best conference in the country, that's just fine. 15 and five overall, um, Lenardi has them as a five seed right now, and I'm looking at net ranking and BYU sixth in the country. Uh, despite the ups and downs in Big 12 play, this team is right exactly where they want to be, and not, not in a place where we thought they would be, if we're honest, uh, in February. No doubt about it, JJ. I, I, the four losses, yeah, they have a losing record in conference play, but those four losses, they have been in every single game. Yeah. They have not got blown out, and and the I think that's why the metrics loves them is that when they win, they're often beating teams by double digits. When they lose, they're right there. And as a fan and as a person who follows them, it is a little frustrating to see in those losses a similar uh, reason as to why they lost those games, which is just the offense collapses. It has these droughts at the worst opportune times. But it is encouraging when you step back and say, look, this team – they're still ranked. They're right in the thick of things. Projected as a five seed in February is phenomenal. They've got a lot of great opportunities ahead. Uh, this West Virginia one is a critical one because they have played a lot of quad one games. And a lot of their losses have been quad one losses to where you don't really get dinged for that. West Virginia, even though they're playing a lot better, it's not going to be a quad one game. It could be a quad three game, depending on how things shake out with the Mountaineers. Now they're playing great basketball and having their center back, Jesse Edwards, who put up 25 and 10, the transfer from Syracuse and the win against Cincinnati on Wednesday. They're a much better team than their record shows, but it's never going to be a quad one game. So this is a game where if they were to lose, I think you would see some of those, the net Ken Palm, some of those things dip a little bit. They may even fall out of the top 25. It's a big game because West Virginia is playing better, but they're never going to be considered one of the best teams in the Big 12. And so these are the type of games that they have to win if they want to actually end up a five seed in Salt Lake City, which would be huge to have that home court advantage in a place that they played every single year for years, the Delta Center. Like, it would be enormous for them to hold on to this five-seat projection and to play in Salt Lake City, but they got to take care of business against a Kansas State, a West Virginia, a UCF at home. So the schedule's lighten up a little bit, but I think you've seen West Virginia's beating Kansas. West Virginia has some nice wins in conference play, so there's no gimmies, but this is one of the easier ones on the schedule despite the road trip. Matt Biamonte joining us here on – JJ and Alex, 97.5, EKSL Sports Zone. And on his uh, sometimes Thursday, sometimes Friday appearance, uh, when it comes down to some of the more important parts of BYU season, let's talk some football because the Big 12 schedules have come out. And uh, let me, before you make your answer, and you're the type of guy that hearing other people. Before you ask the question, let me just say I take great offense to ah. you thinking I'm going to say they're going 12 and 0. Like I'm some blue goggle bum. I heard that. Oh, blue goggle bum. Oh, uh, glad you heard wow. that, Matt. You know what? Hey, glad you heard that. Can I Hey, Matt, when we bring you on, can we call him the blue goggled bum? Out of vineyard. Matt, Matt blue goggles Biamonte. <laughs> the blue goggled bum. That is like a full on like a character off of a uh, of TV show. 
now that we've now we're playing all these uh, Apollo Creed clips and we've got uh, we've got these awesome voices going on. All right, so let's roll it out here. I said six and six for BYU. JJ said six and six for BYU. Uh, I asked Mitch Harper about it and he, when we did our uh, first and twelve podcast recording this week, and he said. I don't think that that's crazy. In fact, uh, you know, asking a team to be bowl eligible when you don't have a quarterback in, uh, you know, the, to to call your starter right now is a hard thing to do when you're predicting wins and losses. So where do you have the Cougs on your very, very, very early prediction of what this Big 12 schedule looks like? I have the five and seven, actually, a little below you guys. I wow. have them missing a bowl game. And the reason is yeah, the quarterback thing, I think, is being a little overblown. Because we're just looking at the players and we're saying uh, there's some guys that were lower level quarterbacks that are now here. And there's a guy that's been hurt for a while and he's here and hopefully one of them gets it done. My big concern about this offense is actually with Aaron Roderick and and his offensive coordinator tendencies over the years. They've just gone down ever since that record year with Zach Wilson in 2020. And that schedule was so soft. It's hard to say that they would have duplicated that against that original schedule that had Michigan State and Minnesota and other teams on it. 2021, I think, is the best offense that BYU's had, considering the opponents were much better. And Jaron Hall, Tyler Algier, great offense. But even with some of those guys returning in 2022, the offense has gotten worse every single year. And last year was really concerning that they went all in on Keaton Slovis. This is the guy. We went after him hard. He's going to be great. And then they couldn't adapt the offense to him. So I just have a real concern, even though Gary Bohannon's played in some similar concepts under Jeff Grimes, the offense has changed a little bit since the Jeff Grimes era. It's not quite the same offense that he ran at Baylor. I've got real concerns that Aaron Roderick can tailor the offense to this personnel because you've got an inexperienced, albeit talented running back in L.J. Martin. He had flashes last year, but he wasn't consistent. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. They've got a great wide receiving core, but can they take advantage of that? Can they identify the next group of tight ends and is this offensive line going to gel under a new coach? So there's a lot of question marks that I have there. And when you factor in the schedule, there's a lot of tough breaks on this schedule, like at UCF, that's not going to be easy. Oklahoma state, they could be better. Arizona. Some people have them being the best team in the big 12 Utah on the road. That's tough. Kansas coming to your place. They're a good football team. There's a lot of tough breaks to where if you're going to get to six and six, you got to beat Wyoming and SMU in the first couple weeks. You probably have to beat Baylor on the road in September, and they were not good last year, but they've got a new a new staff, and they've got some incoming guys, and that's not a free win. Like There's not a lot of free wins on this schedule, and so my, my early take is, is five and seven. And look, if they come out against Southern Illinois and they put up 50 and the offense looks great, then six and six, seven and five, that's certainly in the realm of possibility. But I haven't seen the trend offensively these cap last couple of years to just say, oh, they'll figure it out because that hasn't been the case the past two years. Yeah, Matt, my 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 concern about BYU going into next season, yeah, you can throw out the quarterback stuff and everything you mentioned and me and Alex have had this conversation, the quarterback keeps coming up, but I'm just being honest about the schedule. And this BYU team can be better than they were last year and and have a worse record because SMU on the road, Wyoming on the road, SMU especially, 
We talked about this. A 10-2 and team from last year, the AAC champs, going to the ACC. They brought in a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Some of that SMU money uh, got some stuff done for them. They're going to be a really talented team. And then you look at the conference schedule. I think the top when, – when the poll comes out in July, the preseason media poll, Kansas State, Arizona, Oklahoma State, and Utah, and Kansas will be the top five teams. Hmm. BYU plays all of them. They have to play the toughest teams in the conference next year. The schedule is the biggest issue for me. It does them no favors. No, you're absolutely right. The easiest game is the last one, Houston. Like Arizona State stunk last year, but that's a road game late in the year. If you suffered a lot of injuries, that could be a loss. So you're totally right. The schedule is incredibly tough, and they have to get back to the identity that they – established in 2020 and 2021 and whether or not that can happen i just i just like i said i just don't feel like we can sit here and say oh they're gonna bounce back this was one of the worst offenses in the country last year it's gonna be fine even though you're losing guys to the league you might have a first round offensive tackle selected in kingsley suamata you're losing isaac rex like you lost some pieces and to just assume it's going to be better with that tougher schedule that you laid out, JJ, it's it's honestly hard to look at it right now and say they're going six and six and going to a poll game. It's Kalani and this staff, they have their work cut out for them. There's no doubt about it. Matt Biamonte, Cougar Sports Saturday. You can hear him and Mitch Harper. Uh, what time is that tip off tomorrow? I'm assuming you guys would have some version of a game. Is it going to be uh, early enough for you guys, or I mean, late enough for you guys to be able to sneak in most of your show? Full show. Tip nice. off is 4 p.m. Perfect. So we'll we'll have a lot of uh, a lot of coverage getting you ready for that one, and then we'll hand it off to, to to the BOU guys before the tip off. But huge game. Check us out noon to three. Listen to the blue goggled bum Matt Biamonte. <laughs> we'll get you ready to go. There you go, Matt. You let down BYU Nation today <laughs> with five. They, I'm they, sorry. I, I look. I, I want to put the goggles on, but it's the schedule and what happened last year. I had to put the goggles hey, aside for a little bit. Matt, it's important we're honest here in February because if they do something great, it, then people can be excited. But right. we have to be real about. This challenge ahead yeah. of them. We Sub- have to be real about Subject it. to change, by the way, too. That's what you always say. Well, I could change at any moment. If a uh, if if something happens. Hey, if, if, if new information comes along, if Steve Young Gotta gets do another it. year of eligibility, then we'll adjust <laughs> our predictions, right? How dare you. All right. I'd like to see Steve Young on the field at age 60, whatever <laughs> Right now. Right now. <laughs> you, actually, you know what's funny is people would actually give him a better shot. Vegas is all, ooh, they're going up in the FBI. <laughs> I, I know. Move them up. Their FBI like improves Come with Steve on. Young. Let's go. 62 right. year old Steve Young. <laughs> Matt, we'll tune in tomorrow, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, take care, guys. Have a there good day. There's Matt. All right. So we're Listen. not alone here. No. And by the way, he's the blue goggled bum, and he has him at five and seven. Are we being too optimistic? We got killed calling him going six and six. Are we being too optimistic? Mitch Harper was kind of making fun of us saying, eh, six and six might be a, maybe a little bit uh, too optimistic. We're over here. JJ's getting killed by uh, by BYU fans because of how negative he was toward the football program. I couldn't believe it either, you guys. I was shocked. <laughs> six and six, and we're getting beat up over it. What? All right. We'll come back. We've got tons left of a program on a Friday. You don't want to miss any of it. So when we come back, we've got some stuff to jump into. We've got our Jazz Daily segment. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, which was the Jazz not playing any defense on 
on Maxi last. What did Maxi go off for? 51? 51. <sighs> Tyrese Maxi, man. Jazz killer. I've always said it. He Jazz is now. Killer. He is Adam now officially. Jazz killer Hall of Fame. But I'll, uh, we'll hear. Look, I'll reiterate what, uh, what coach, what uh, Coach Hardy said. Uh, at that point, he had 46 points, and I don't know what we were doing not guarding him when he hit that last three. All right? We've got more to go around the corner. Stay right here with us. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You know what's coming. Your daily deep dive into everything Utah Jazz. It's time. All season long and even in the offseason, it's Jazz Daily with J.J. and Alex on your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, you know what the Test Brothers bringing us in from the break means? It is your Jazz Daily segment right here on JJ and Alex. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen, thanks for being with us on the program, everybody. Uh, Let me see here. So, last night, dog of a game. Between the Jazz and the 76ers. It was close. And I get, I mean, look, no Joel Embiid. Now look, Tyrese Maxey just made the All-Star team, what, two hours before? Yeah. Named a, named a uh, an All-Star reserve for the first time in his career. Ends up, uh, and and listen, it was a, it was kind of a good, it was a fortuitous deal for TNT. They roll out all the uh, All-Stars. And then Tyrese Maxey. Starts things off with 15 points in the first quarter or 20 points in the first quarter, whatever it was, and then ends up going in at the half with 32. Ends the night with 51. The Jazz seemed so out of sorts last night, JJ. It was such a weird night. And and I all I could think of was there's got to be something else going on here. There's got to be more at play. And I can't help but look at what next week is, which is the trade deadline on Thursday, and whether or not these guys are looking over their shoulder going, are they gonna, am I going to get that call and I'm going to get my life uprooted? And your answer to that before the show was, nights like last night kind of make it evident that maybe that's what exactly what they have to do. There was a weirdness last night, I'm not going to lie. Um, it just felt like a team that was a little disengaged. A um, couple things that really stood out to me that I remember. There's a there's multiple moments in that game where they could have been better, and I'm, I don't feel like we're overreacting to one game. I think there's some stuff in here that kind of illustrates where this team is right now, and the the trade deadline might be having an impact on that. The Jazz fight back and they get they, they're in it. They're it's down to the end. They're down one, and John Collins gets that block. It was initially called a foul. They overturned the call, so there's a jump ball because you know that's what you have to do in that situation. So both teams line up for a jump ball there with, what, 10 seconds left, five seconds left? Yes. And I'm sitting there watching on my TV, and I'm thinking, that doesn't look right. And, I th- and I'm thinking, uh-oh, they don't have anybody on the other side of the court there by where Maxi is, and all the ball's tipped up, and all of a sudden Bamba wins the tip and tips it right to Maxi. I'm like, oh, no. They didn't have anybody there. <laughs> Maxi was all alone right behind Bamba. Like, this is basketball 101 when you line up in the circle for a jump ball. You don't leave a player on the other team wide open. Like, you have to get that ball. Like, if you're going to win that game last night, yeah. like, you got 
a great play to get the block. You got the call overturned. You got a chance. All you got to do is get this jump ball, and the ball's in your hand with a chance to win the game. And you blew it. Now, was that a communication problem with Coach Hardy and the players? Did Coach Hardy remind them in the in the in the timeout or while that while they had that pause for the review? Did they discuss this? Why did that happen? Why did that happen? And you know what? Stuff happens in games. I get it. But that was just like, come on, guys. My like kids, the game's on the line here. I told Where's you the this. basketball focus? My dad. Where's the basketball IQ? My son's uh, junior jazz team lost by 35 last night. Ouch. This was a move they made, <laughs> right? Where you go, hey, Mikey, who did you have? 24. Oh, he just scored, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's your guy. So it was just one of those nights, and I, I came in and I was like, I – JJ can give me some clarity on this because I listened to Paul. I listened to uh, to Will Hardy after the after the game last night. Listen to that whole press conference, and it was just like, "Hey, you know, every game at some point, like he explains how, you know, we're, you know, we just have to we have this and this that haven't that didn't go well for us tonight, but you have to go back to. He's like, I have to. I mean, he he has to explain fundamentals. It seems like after these games to these guys, yeah, it wasn't good. We went into this. We went into that. Uh, we went in and we we have a timeout and we look up at the board. I can't remember the exact number that he said, but it was over forty points. Do you remember this? He goes, uh, "We're looking around and Maxi had at that point forty something points, and we still were unable to put a man on him. Yeah, we still were unable to say." Oh, that's going to be the guy that they're going to hand the ball to on his way to 50. Ends up with 51, and the Jazz came up short. I guess you can look at it and say, well, they stole the one from the 76ers out east when they played him. But this was, but that was a shock over there. No Joel Embiid here on your home court with your guys playing as well as they have the and past Maxie three weeks. Maxie had been dinged up. They right. lost four in a row. When they come in and you give them that game, you hand it away, then you go, that should have been. The Jazz should be 25 and 25 today. Yeah. That was a game that they had all of the pieces were falling into place for them to walk away from that one with a win. And it was just a bummer to see that there were it was the team that we saw at seven and sixteen last night, right? Yeah, it did feel like early season jazz last night. Like when we go in the right. game, but nah, there was just moments where I was like, come on, guys. And here was another one, Alex. This is and this is maybe more concerning it and maybe this is something that gets addressed at the trade deadline and this clip's been circulating like jazz fans noticed it last night this there's a clip circulating on twitter that shows that somebody clipped off but it was it, it was noticeable in the game is kelly olenic takes takes a pass at the top of the key and uh keontae george is the wing and he doesn't even look at him right doesn't Keon- even look at him we all saw that we all saw the uh video of keontae george looking dejected and the ball's moving, and Keontae's just standing there at, no, the, at the break. They're, they're, tra- they're starting to transition down the court. Is bad. Yes. And he's frustrated. What's his, going on there? His shoulders slumped down. He was like this. He didn't get the ball. And I, I, I appreciated that somebody went back and was like, well, look at this in context. Yeah. It was kind of a lot leading up to the idea. I don't want to, and I don't want to take it out of context. Right. You don't want to say, hey, Keontae George has an attitude problem. No, no, no. That's not what what it was. That's not what I'm saying. It was a level of frustration that he saw where he's like, how can I not get the ball once? 
Like, is that why have I not earned anything yet? Because am I still the rookie? Am I getting hazed here? Like, what's going on? It was like a, oh, my goodness. Can I not get a look? He had his hands out like, oh, my gosh. But it's it's that wasn't happening when they were winning last couple weeks ago, right? There was a connectedness. They were playing together. That's why they were having success. And last night, that togetherness wasn't there. And I, I don't think – I'm not saying this is personal or whatever. Just something's distracting this team right now. And I think we know what that is. Does this team feel distracted? Okay, I'm going to do – since we were talking about uh, Bob Barker, other other co-stars of Happy Gilmore along with Carl Weathers who passed away. Carl, uh, Carl Weathers, of course, passed away today. But isn't one of the pricing games that they play, they're like, I'm going to I'm gonna go – I'm going to give you a number of guys and you give me a higher or lower yeah. on how many are going to get traded. Okay. Five. Lower? Four. Lower. One. Higher. Two. Higher. Three is the magical number, do you think? Ding, 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 ding. Wow. I think, you think it's going to be three guys? Mm. Yeah, I think that there's some players on this roster that are attractive to other teams, especially contenders. I think there's some players that are a little older that the Jazz may decide it's time to move on because it doesn't fit their timeline. I just think I, I think that, you know, for a while it felt really good uh, for a while this year and doesn't feel good today. And the trade deadline's coming up, and it's kind of like, well, that's the time to make a change if it's time to make a change. It is. It's it's the, the this this roster as we know it right now is on the clock. They were beat up. They were on the road. They come back home and they have some hope because you should have won last night. And all you tough. had to do was play connected basketball. Yeah. And play hard and be in the moment but and this, engaged in the on. process of the game. And it just felt like they were off. Aren't the Sixers a better team though? They didn't have Joel Embiid and Maxi was banged up. They had lost four in a row. It had been a rough trip for them. This is the end of the trip, and they ended it that way. Don't you hate it when they have those TNT games? And it was a good game. It was great. It was it was it a, was fun, it was a close watch. one. It was while they were. It, it's why TNT goes. Oh, good. I'm glad that we signed up for this one because the Jazz made a game out of this one. Tyrese Maxey made the game interesting. Tyrese Maxey has 51. I don't think a Jazz player right. per se was the reason why it was interesting. Tyrese Maxey so, was the entertainer. They go. Let's go back to the studios. Your TNT studios with the guys. And they throw a headset on Tyrese Maxey, and then it just feels like Utah's the butt of a joke. Yeah. Right? Where it's like, man, you go out there, I guess being an all-star, you know, you showed up. You wanted to celebrate, right? And it was just like, yeah, like everything came into place, and you're, and you're looking around going, it came into place because the Jazz didn't seem like they were there. And, and again, the 76ers are a better basketball team. I, I, I think even without no Joel question. Embiid. No question. We I know think, that. But you had everything going your way. This team was against the ropes. They're on a long road trip. Yeah, everybody hates playing at elevation. That's why they miss these games at Utah and Colorado more than any other game, or in Denver than any other games in the league. So to see it be, so to see everybody having a, a laugh at the uh, at the Jazz expense, and to see a dejected Keontae George, that also became a weird storyline overnight, right? And you know, you can't help but go, "What's up? What's Will Hardy's next move?" What does Will Hardy do to to uh, to stabilize these guys right now within the next few days as they get ready for the trade deadline to to approach? Alex, I can't wait till our show Thursday, or it's going to be really interesting. You think so? I think so. Do you think it would be? Do you think it would be more crazy that they would have zero guys go or four guys? 
More crazy to have zero. Right. Yep. I think so, too. I would bet on four before zero. I don't think it's going to be four, but I would bet on four over zero. When they not, were, this when they this were, roster's not going to be the same a week right. from, from today. When they were 23 and 20, does that change anything from what you see from like last night to now? I mean, from, from then when they had, when they were kind of flying high versus now that they've lost how many of us are five out of the last seven? Look, Danny and Justin are really savvy. They've proven that. They know what's going on here, and they know what the team they have. They know where they need to go. They don't get caught up in the week-to-week stuff. The stu- exactly. We do because, of course, we do. That's that's the fun of the season. The highs and the lows, <laughs> right. the ups and downs. It's an eighty-two game season. We're gonna have an incredible moment one at one game, and then the next game we're gonna be talking today like we are. That's okay. That's part of the league. It's part of the fun and the talk of it. But those guys have a different job and they have a different outlook and a different perspective. And I don't think their view has changed since the beginning of the season. They know what this roster is. They know what what has to happen for it to get better, and they will make those decisions. Not based on how the Jazz did last night. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying because the Jazz didn't play well last night against Philly that, oh, now they're going to make the trades. That's not No, that's not <laughs> right. how this works. They were going to make deals if the deals came along that they liked. And all that talk, I'm sure they've had discussions with other teams. We all know the guys that are on the block. We know the names. We know Kelly Olenek. We know Jordan Clarkson. We know Taylor Horton Tucker. Even, even Colin Sexton has been mentioned. I'm not buying that as much. But there's players on this roster that are available to teams if they want to bring a deal to the table in the next week. We know that. Then there's a little part of you too that goes, yeah, but maybe somebody not, maybe somebody gave a little less effort last night and maybe then they go, we're no. getting rid of him. Cause I know that's not how it works, but there's that little part of you. Maybe they've already talked to guys and let them know what's going on. And that's <laughs> impacting things. I have no idea. I don't no. know. I don't know that, but I'll, I'll tell you this. They just did not look engaged last night as a team. This did not. I pointed okay. out two examples. There were, there, were, there were more. There were many more. All right. We will take the break here. We'll come back. And what we do, we've got all stuff. We got all sorts of stuff. We still have tons of meat on this bone. Come on. <laughs> we, so can, we can get we a stew can make going. make a stew out of this. We can get a stew going. Uh, by the way, nominate the youth sports volunteer that you know at any level. It doesn't matter where it is. We want to make them the Hercules hero of the week. Submit your nominations at kslsports.com slash contest. I had two people last night approach me and say, hey, I wanted to do something about somebody that I know. Can I still do that? I said, absolutely. Then what, what what's going on here then? I'm pushing. You know why, what I did? Why aren't they on the show? Well, <laughs> you know what I did? Well, let's do it next week. We do it on Thursdays now. All right. So what I did was I go, here is where you send it, and they're going to do it. Good. And it happened to be that we were at a youth sports uh, situation. Of course. It was not me, by the way, because we lost by 35. I was the fill-in head coach. So, uh, are you on the hot seat? <laughs> I hope so. My heavens, I'm praying that I am. I had the dreaded thing happen where somebody goes, "Hey, do you think it can Jeremy, maybe na- play the breaking news sounder? Oh. Play it <laughs> from the Junior Jazz news. We desk. have news from the uh, what is, is it? Farmington, <laughs> the Farmington, the Farmington Junior, Jazz League, Junior Jazz, 15 year old division <laughs> head coach Alex Smith, interim head uh, Alex, Alex Smith, Smith. Head, <laughs> <laughs> Alex Carey, head coach. Of the uh, Farmington Junior Jazz team has been fired. No, no, not yet. Alex Curie has been fired. Yes, please, you do the firing for me, please. I mean, I'm one and one. I'm 500, so I'd be shocked. But 
sources within the organization say that there's a lot more going on than just the one and one record. Yeah. Well, apparently Doc Lots Rivers of- is available. <laughs> he was my mentor. <laughs> I was shocked. You that he were took told the job. it was just a consulting yes. deal. He was just going to give me some advice. I couldn't believe he took my job. What happened? I know. What happened? What happened? So at the end, I'm just asking. No, but I did have because the coach who normally does it, he's like, I just I've been out of town. Had some work stuff happen, and Thursdays are getting worse. Could you maybe do next week too? And I went, Yeah, I'm gonna have to have. I'm gonna have to go ahead and ask you to come in on Thursday next week because I'm not gonna be here. Mm, yeah. Hey, what's happening? All right, we'll take a break. Hercules anyway, Hero of the Week. You That's had a nice run. Line. You had a great run. The bottom line is, don't be like me. Lead these kids to greatness. Hercules Hero of the Week. That we're gonna give a fifty dollars gift card to somebody every week on Thursdays. You could be the Hercules Credit Union Hero of the Week. Just go in and nominate the local sports person in your community. I don't care what level they work at. Or if they're volunteers. Or if it's an amazing mom who's just been doing so much great work for years. KSLsports.com slash contest. Find the Hercules Hero of the Week and nominate them there. We'll come back. We've got uh, more to go. We have the all-snub team. What's great is on a day like yesterday, after you get the all-stars named uh, officially, and we have a snub here in the state of Utah, there are a lot of other cities that have a lot of snubs, too. And we have multiple sports outlets who've given us all snub teams. So stay with us, 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. Wow. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. Okay, everybody, welcome back. I look at the NHL All-Star Weekend Skills Challenges. These are always pretty fun. When there's a puck involved, and again, the ice skating, like the speed skate, like competitions where they're trying to go as fast as they can, that's some fun stuff. That's good stuff. And you don't have to tell hockey players to go hard, like, that's hey, all they know. Will you play hard in this game, please? Boom, the ball's here. Boom. Boom, we cross him. Boom. Boom. You know, like they do in wrestling. Boom. Boom, right there. That's a wham block. What's crazy is the, t- the place that's given us the wham block now is, ho- is hockey. Yeah. You can still blindside block in hockey, all right? You can ear hole a guy. Can't do it in football. Can't do it in, uh, in basketball. Used to be able to. Now we've turned into, turned into big softies, all right? Speaking of big softies, uh, we have the All-Star game coming up for the NBA. And that's not to say these guys aren't tough, JJ. But I will say that you and I, having watched the All-Star game for a lot of years, and then even here in Salt Lake, I'll I'll take you back to the time when Lloyd and I were watching this game right next to each other last year after a full weekend of coverage. Tons of basketball stuff that we'd watch. All-Star festivities to the max. And we finally get to the game. And with the draft that happened beforehand that was inane with the uh all the stuff that was just on the periphery now the post malone mini concert was pretty fun but when the game got started it was sloppy weird slow lazy basketball 
And then we fooled ourselves into thinking, no, this time they're going to try hard. The game's not great. It's not. It's not. It's, it's not. And that's, I mean, it, it, whatever. I this mean, is you, what I'm. You don't expect guys no. making millions to go 100% for an exhibition. For game. an all-star game. Come on. Now, but that's happening in, uh, that's happening in hockey, though. Now the millions are a little bit less, but not, it's not zero. But, so what I'm saying is I'm trying to let people down slowly. If you didn't make the All-Star game, all it is is a lazy exhibition, JJ. Is that what we should tell Larry Markkinen? Hey, it's fine you didn't make the All-Star game. Do these players get bonuses? How does that how does that impact their contract negotiation? Well, How much does that impact their value as a player in the league? So, let me give you the all-snub teams that have been released now. Uh, and as we looked at it, too, we have all these starters. You have all the people that could have been on there. You have these guys who should have made the team and not. The one that I liked, I was I was looking at this one today, and it was the CBS Sports did a an all an all snub team, okay. And the all snub teams, the biggest snubs. Here's the West here first: Darren Fox for them, okay. Uh, Rudy Gobert, center for the Minnesota Timberwolves. These are names we are familiar with. Yeah. Demontis Sabonis, center for the. Sacramento Kings. James Harden, who, by the way, has had a, can we say a quiet year? A, Doing really, uh, really well? He's, like, he, he's revitalized. Yes. He's back. Uh, people thought maybe he should have made it because of some of the changes he's made to his game, and he is uh, playing a little bit differently. Of a, uh, He's playing a different role, for sure. Jamal Murray. We forget that that guy is almost always all-star caliber. Oh, it's crazy he's years. never been an all-star, and he's so That's good. wild to me. Lowry Markkinen on the uh, all-snub list. Alperin Sangoon. Alperin Sangoon is a guy that has come up on every one of these snub lists, which I thought was, uh, you know, that's a pretty cool deal, right? Now that's the West. The all snubs in the East. Chris Saps Porzingis. Jared Allen, guy who uh, hasn't popped up on all the lists either. Neither is Miles Turner, but those are guys who you might be able to say, hey, numbers-wise, they're deserving, right? So, of the mo- Trey Young, also not involved. Scotty Barnes, who I think his coach called him, uh, what did he call him? A top 10? Superstar. Yeah, a top 10 superstar in the world, right? Yeah. Derek White, you mentioned it yesterday. But it's the tough Celtics to get, are loaded, man. Yeah, it's tough to get like nine. Uh, what, are you of, just going to roll the Celtics nah, out there at the All-Star can't game? Can't, can't do, do it. That. Out of all those names, it's easy for you to get grumpy about your own personal market and the team that you root mm-hmm. for. But Jazz fans, I hope, understand, like, he's he's in he, – being on this list is important. Being on the snubs list is important. And I know that doesn't mean much, but people recognize how good Larry Markkinen is from across the league. You tried to emphasize that to me yesterday and throughout the first couple of days. They were like, look, the coaches make these votes, which is good because the coaches really, really love Larry Markkinen. They, lo- they know what he does for the game. But this isn't an end-all, be-all of whether or not this guy – this doesn't mean it's a step backward for Larry Markkinen as a player. No, there's more players this year that have stepped up and been better. Now, keep in mind, the Clippers' roster has been healthy this year. It wasn't last year when Markkinen made the team. And this year, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard made the All-Star team. Anthony Davis has been healthy and has incredible numbers. He's on the All-Star team this year. It's just there's only so many spots. I mean, what Devin Booker's dropping 60 in games. You're not going to keep him off the list. Uh, Demonis Sabonis is almost averaging a triple-double as a big. He didn't make the team. The Kings are fifth in the West. De'Aaron Fox did not make the team. These are really good players. You're like, that's I love De'Aaron Fox, the star. 
Well, he's not an all-star. That's a tough list. It's a tough to make the cut. There's only 12 players per league, per conference, not in the league, per conference. Rudy Gobert probably should have made it. But because he's Rudy Gobert and because he doesn't have a huge offensive impact, the coaches probably look to guys that did. Like Anthony Davis. If the season is a 65. Carl Anthony Towns. Right. If there's a 65-game hurdle that you have to clear to be able to get all the major awards, should they make a how many games you have to you have to play leading up to the All-Star game before you could be made an All-Star? The problem is the voting starts so dang early. Well, it's the, like the, a two the, weeks the, into the season, they're like, don't forget to vote for our guy, hashtag All-Star game. And you're like, dude, it's like two weeks into the season here, man. The fan vote doesn't care how many games players right. have played. That's what I'm That's saying. That's the problem. And typically, to be honest, what makes the NBA great is the their willingness to give the fans a say, yet it's the fans that usually get it wrong. Sorry, fans. Sorry to offend you, but it happens every year where you're looking at the starting five of the all-star team, Andrew Wiggins, and you're like, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. How many all-star games did uh, Rudy Gobert make? Two or three? three. Made three. All right. But before he cleared that hurdle, there were tears shed, man. It's hard. It's not easy to make all-star teams. And I like the fact that it's 12 because it's so exclusive. There's talk of expanding it to 15 each. I don't like that. No. I like the fact that it's 12. It's really hard. And we have these discussions after the list is made. It's really hard to make the 12-team roster. Keep it that way. Make it hard. That's one of those deals the or the uh, NBA Players Association is like, we should take it up to 15. Yeah, well, if the, NFL, if the NBA Players Association had any say, there'd be 30 players per conference on the All-Star right. teams. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, if you missed any of this uh, portion of the program, you can go back. Our Jazz Daily segment broke down last night's game. And then, of course, right now, the all-snub team of the NBA. You can hear that as well. Uh, coming up around the corner next hour. We're going to chat a little bit about we we have speaking of players associations we have more information uh, mm. from the N- uh, the NHL players association that was not mentioned in the press conference today and what their feelings are on this on this deal down in uh, in Arizona could the Coyotes stay there in town not if the players association or the players in the NHL even the ones who play for the Coyotes the Coyotes have anything to say about it so. Stay right here, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.